Hey, all you traders and investors, thanks for joining me once again. This is Thoughts and Trading with Trade Doc. Segment's called On the Market, where I go over a list of 32 ETFs and ETNs so you can trade options on or trade options within those companies. Now, um, congratulations for surviving this week. This has been the bloodiest week in a while. I'm sure you've heard that seen the headlines, seen the news where the Dow has been going, was going down almost a thousand points per day. And this is something I said way back when uh, the market was just kept on rising. I think it was like the middle of 2018 where I was saying that uh, the Dow is going to see a thousand dollar swings. I just didn't think it'd be a thousand dollars back to back to back. But either way, because of the virus, you know, finally hit the market, so the market participants caught a virus. And whether, uh, I mean, you know, there is big money getting pulled out. It's not just short-term trading. Well, some of it is. Um, some of it has to do with a lot of hedging. But as far as... Um, uh, like the fund managers completely pulling out of the market. Um, it wasn't, they weren't able to pull out all at once. So that's why we've seen those type of moves every day and, and pretty much happening in the pre-market and overnight sessions. So overnight sessions were for the most part sold off where the U.S. sessions were sold off as well I guess you could say but not as much like the overnight was the ones that started the, the roller coaster on the way down but um, as far as the move that happened on Friday where the, the Dow and uh, the VIX the Dow recovered almost its, all its losses for the day and the VIX dropped the same percentage um, it had rose that day. Kind of gives me like a short-term bottom. I was thinking like Wednesday would be the bottom, so I covered everything on Wednesday. But I could have, uh, I could have held a little more into Thursday. Thursday would have been like the day to exit shorts if there were any. Um, Friday we seen a pretty good action where. The market was trying to like rise up again, and then after the market closed at the after hours, that's when we seen the rise. So I hope uh, I hope you guys your long term investments were hedged with um, like simply selling calls. I know it doesn't hedge it completely, but um, if you have hundred hundred shares in a company and the company trades options which should because long-term portfolio should be full of companies that that have uh, options available even weekly options would be better because the volatility would be there and the, the volume would be there as well so today is Saturday leap year February 29th 2020 it's about 9 a.m. so 
I have a little bit of time, so I'm going to put this out, and I hope to put this out every Saturday. And uh, feel free to send me a line, ask questions, and anything like that, or if there's things that you want, you'd like me to cover. Uh, I've been covering earnings though this week. Um, as far as earnings, I only did one trade, one earnings trade, and uh, that was a calendar in uh, this company called Cara. Uh, pharmaceuticals, C-A-R-A, -A. and uh, once the earnings report came out, um, they were down 10%, but recovered everything that day, and volatility got crushed, so it, since I did have a neutral position in there, I think I might have had a slight positive with Delta, but calendars make it so wide that, you know, I'm, I'm actually still holding it, so... I think they expire on uh, on March 20th. So I'll give it a week before March 20th and close that out. So that was the only earnings trades I made because the market, when it's doing this, everything's getting flushed down. Nobody's really paying attention to valuations and earnings. So what I plan to do this weekend is look at see what companies got devalued enough that you can put into a long-term the long-term portfolio and just hold that because we just lost about 10 a lot of companies lost at least 10 to 15 percent on valuations so it'd be a good time to to add on to a long-term portfolio just because the price has been down um, one of the things that caught my eye was, um, you know, I've been in Alcoa, that's in the long term, and they've been dropping. But that was one company that was up almost 4% on the day on Friday. Um, also, uh, EWZ, Brazil, that, that ETF was up about 2 2.5% on Friday while all the markets were down. So those are the two, and it's looking like, I said, like mining sector's been undervalued. So I know I'm always early and on stuff, but that's why it's on the long term. And I'll, I'm planning to probably add into on that sector. Uh, besides that, let's just get into it. This is the broad 32, and I'm just going to, as I go through it, I'm going to actually uh, look at the, the companies in the sectors and kind of see where what they're doing. So, so first up, we have USO Oil, and you know oil. It's trading at 45.26. It was down three and three quarters percent on Friday uh, over the week. Oil from the lows, it's lost. It's lost 14 percent since the open on Monday. I mean, Friday, if we're looking at the close on Friday, they were down almost 20 percent. And that's that's pretty steep drop in oil as far as uh, 
Yeah, my long-term target for oil was $42. It looks like we've hit that. So as far as like shorting at 5750s, that doesn't look like I'm going to be doing that for a while. I haven't been trading oil just because I was waiting for a pop in order to make it drop, but that didn't happen. USO is trading at 9.45. I can see this consolidation happen, maybe pop up to 10.36, which would be around um, the $49.50 dollar mark. So oil might come back and retest $50. I mean, right now it's 45. Going long oil, I wouldn't do it unless I see another test of the lows. If it bounces off of 37, I mean 42, 43.79, and bounces off of that, maybe it'd be worth going long. But as far as right now, oil oil sectors can continue to be plummeted, and that's due to demand. So things, um, you know, the way things are going online and everything, I don't, you know, the, the scare tactic is out there where it's pretty good to, to scoop things up. But, you know, probably like the oil, oil services and stuff will probably see a bounce. Next, we have XOP. Oh, and I didn't notice, but XOP was up over 3.5%. Oh, that's because they got sold off so much. So on Friday, XOP, that's oil explorers, were down 3 and 3 quarters percent. After getting sold off, looks about the same. Uh, some companies out there, uh, Kalan Petroleum, they were up 11 and a quarter percent. While Apache was down a half a percent, you know, Noble Noble Energy were down five percent. Uh, EQT Corporation was up nine nine percent. Whiting Petroleum, um, Concho Resources was up five percent. So we could probably see if they were up. It'd be a good consolidation trade for XOP. Between 18.24 and the low, which was 14 even. So it looks like everything got sold off. That's why I'm thinking that it's a good buying opportunity for the short term, I'm saying the next month or so. Just because, like, that downward pressure was so strong, I can't see this uh, sustained. But who knows? Next is OIH, and OIH is trading at 8.98. They were up 2% on Friday. So this is probably another ETF that's been, that's had so much downward pressure that it's probably a good time to, to get in it. Uh, especially for this, I mean, this is a pretty steep. It started from, from, Jan from the middle of January, closer to the beginning of January, came down. Started consolidation, consolidating from February 1st up to until like February 20th, and then you know how the week went. And uh, they hit the lows of 8:20, 8:45. So selling some 
and volatility. Everything's volatility is very high. So selling puts, you know, cash covered puts would be a good thing here. As far as like the companies, you know, probably. Just looking at the list, Patterson, UTI Energy, ticket PTEN, they're up 2%, plus they pay a pretty good dividend. So that's one that's interesting. Another one would be Slumberger, SLB. So those are the two that I'd be interested if I was to hold for a while. Just because they pay dividends and they were up, you know, PTEN was up 2% and Schlumberger was up almost 1%. Valaris, they were up almost 21%, so you can see that was oversold. Also, DO was Diamond Offshore, they were up 17.5%, so these are all like kind of short squeezes. Rig RIG, Transocean Limited was up 11.3%. So, I'm buying some shares here or selling some puts, especially in PTEN. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind owning it at six dollars so I'll see how like the, the options are in there if they're liquid TV you know you got to do your research so the best thing to do is to actually have you know make a watch list and call it like so P make make all these make like 32 I have I have more than 32 watch lists but each watch list is uh, the sector. So in those in those watch lists, it's easy for me to go into the XOP watch list and look at the companies that the top ten, or sometimes more, depending on on the liquidity. The top ten companies of that. I'm just looking at. P-T-E-N, and they have monthly options, the volume is not, not great, I can see some, some trades where it looks like some diagonals and calendars were created, which is probably a smart thing to do around the $7 mark. Right now, they're trading at uh, 573. But I'm more interested in long holds, and if I'm going to have a long hold, I definitely need to have paying dividends. Next is UNG, and UNG is, you know, just a commodity. They hit the lows on Friday, pre-session of 12.73. They were down two and three quarter percent on Friday trading at 1310 I know I used to trade natural gas a lot via the the three time direction like uh, 
U gas and D gas. Kind of looking like bottom picking, but we'll see how things happen on Monday, Tuesday. If it looks like natural gas is done a short term bottom, but every time these bottoms happen, it kind of goes up for a week or so and then it just gets slammed down. Maybe people lose interest, but volatility is high, so this is like an option selling environment. Next is XLE. That's the energy sector. XLE was almost broke even on Friday. They were down 0.09%. And uh, a couple companies in there that performed. The best performing company was EOG Resources. They were up 5.5%, while Halliburton was down 2.5%. Highest dividend yield would be OI, I mean OXY, Oxy. These all pay quarter dividends. And Oxy is not bad just because they were up almost 3%. Yeah. In the after hours, they kind of like ripped up a little bit. Volatility is high. Uh, they're trading at 32.74, so that's a little bit on the expensive side to sell puts, but definitely selling uh, put verticals wouldn't be a bad idea. Put verticals, and they do have weekly options, so put verticals around the uh, 31.50 mark something I'd be interested in and for the long term say put verticals at the 38s or some calendars at the 38s wouldn't be a bad idea in there as well but I'd be at least you know 45 to 50 days out and volatility is high so buying buying naked options in this environment just wouldn't be wise just because like the theta decay and since volatility is going to drop, you know, that's, that's it. And that's kind of like what I traded was I was more interested to trade in volatility UVXY and I traded a TQQQ after I had closed the SQQQ. Uh, I started just not trading the, not trading the options just because the options were high. So just trading, buying and selling stock in those. So I did pretty well, especially on, on Friday when I went long in the in the beginning of the day with TQQQ and went up, it closed out, it came back down, it got back in and closed out at the end of the day. But at when on the close, it everything got ramped up. So I was able to like make a little bit on the last batch that I had before the close. Next is XLU. XLU is down three and uh, three quarters of a percent and XLU I haven't been in it ever since they had its run up but figuring how how uh, you know since the month I mean it lost everything so man I was I was I kept on shorting it and like taking out some gains and breaking even here and there but and this last week this was the week here 
I mean, it, it lost everything it, it had gained ever since November. So everything's back to like November, even like uh, August valuation. So it's back, the prices are back down to like the summer, but it is hitting uh, some some support area. So the algos could probably pick up on that and like trade this area. Everything's high, so selling options would be like my my thing here. Companies in there, ones that suffered the most was Procter and Gamble. Uh, the least was SRE, but the top ten companies in there were red. Um, I will. I mean, would I hold? I mean, I would definitely add companies versus ETFs into the portfolio just because everything's cheap right now. Uh, relatively speaking, everything's cheap. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Next, we have XLB, and that's the material sector. And the material sector just got, I mean, everything got wiped out. Um, I'd have to see how far like the supports are but this material sector was one of those that were working so well i think they got pummeled the most like i said everybody's bailing nobody really knows what to do in a bear market so they're selling shorting um the valuations everything's kind of like goes out the window it's just like get out <clears throat> but There's some companies on here. Mosaic was up 3%. Um, LYB, Lion Base, was up 2% there. Uh, MLM was the highest dividend yield. And they were down one and a quarter percent so mosaic they are the ones that you know people are on bottom are bottom picking i would definitely go along even um fc freeport mcmoran was up one and a half percent on friday uh, they're trading at nine almost ten dollars which is still high back when i had found i had traded the bottom there and traded it all the way up to 11 even though i knew it was going to 12. you know i picked i picked it up it, was, it might have been around seven dollars and not like like for any companies that you wanted to hold in the long term now is probably the time to add because in two years you know all these companies are going to be more than what they are now you just got to look at what the dividends are what the p ratio is you know, and those are the ones that I would choose. As I'm looking through, I mean, there's a there's quite a nice choice in the material sector, and uh, it's not like the whole sector was red. It's pretty much mixed with sealed air and CEE was down the most five and a half percent, while Mosaic was up the most, which was almost three percent. So it is going to be, I'm going to be making uh, now a 
portfolio for my daughter as well because I'm going to get her into investing, not trading. And that just means picking companies and sectors that are going to be paying her dividends, you know, and not trade them at all. Just kind of like save money, put money in there every week, put t- uh, uh, 10% of your paycheck into stocks every week, and you'll be golden. Which is something that nobody ever taught me, and nobody ever taught, teaches anybody. But uh, this is definitely uh, a good time. Uh, 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 like this is like a gift. Like I said before, when it was like Christmas, and it was, I think it was uh, 2000, 2017, when the when the market had dove down so much. In uh, right before Christmas or after Christmas, and I said this was a Christmas gift that uh, the market had just got sold off because I, I bought the IWM and it was, you know, that almost made my year, but it was a good start for the year. So look at it. Don't don't be scared. Uh, you know, don't hold companies that are going to go bankrupt, but companies that are paying dividends that have a steady growth. Ratio is pretty low. Um, the earnings have been going up, especially if their dividends has been going up. If they're doing stock buybacks, I mean, there's a lot of factors that to look at when choosing them. But definitely gonna make a list. Maybe take like two companies out of every sector that you do want to hold. But moving, I get moving on. Every all the charts pretty much look the same. Everything's red, sold off for the last week. Some had a bounce on Friday, some didn't. Next is XME. This is the mining sector. This is the one I'm more interested in. And on Friday is when volatility looked like it dipped down a little bit. They were down almost two percent, trading at twenty-two thirteen. And uh, I still hold the mining sector, the ETF, and I do have X, which is U.S. Steel and Alcoa. So U.S. Steel was up 3% on Friday, and Alcoa was up 3% on Friday. So those are the two that I have been holding, but now that it might look like it's bottomed out it's time for a turnaround so so Alcoa Freeport McMoran I mean Freeport Mc, McMoran Alcoa and US Steel were up while Mick and Wen MUX was down almost 11% Hecla Mining HL was down see uh Kalu, that's another one that I've traded before. Kalu, Casio Aluminum. So I, I'm, I'm kind of like a, I'm kind of like a long aluminum sector, just because a lot of things, you know, cars and aerospace, is all me. Depends on aluminum. It's like what other material you're gonna use. You're not gonna use plastics or carbon fibers. Um, aluminum's the only thing that's gonna be used, and there's until until uh, something changes, you know, 
we're going to depend on aluminum and it's not it's not scarce but it is hard to produce so you need these companies to do it and uh those are the ones u.s deal is, is a is a volatile stock but definitely alcoa and c-a-l-u for the aluminum sector c-a-l-u was down two and a half percent though they do pay a high dividend alcoa kind of erased their dividend uh, i'm not sure if arconic is another one that I trade it. I don't have it on this list, so it's probably not weighed on the XME uh, ETF as much. So, but they do rebalance these ETFs all the time. So, it's it's probably time for me to go back and see how the ETFs are, uh, are balanced. See if they added Arconic into there. But Alcoa is not paying a dividend anymore, which sucks. So C-A-L-U would be the one that does pay a dividend. Put call ratio is pretty high. Uh, so for a long-term hold, I'd probably be choose C-A-L-U. But uh, let's just keep going. I don't want this to make it long, and I got things to do. Next is the MJ sector, and they were down 10%. Um, not. They were down 1.9% uh, on Friday. And uh, companies, the only one that that was up almost 5% was uh, APHA, Afria. Aside that, all the other ones were down. Uh, GW Pharmaceuticals, which was one of the highest priced ones, was down 2%. Tilray, these popular ones are down. Uh, ACB, Aurora Cannabis, they were down trading at a dollar twenty, a dollar thirty-four. So, MJ sector hit really bad, broke broke support. I mean, everything's like that. So, you're gonna expect that. Next is XBI, XBI. This is one sector that's actually held up, considering uh, these prices where it's at. I mean, they had a pretty strong bounce. They were up 2% on Friday. This structure that it's making here is pretty bullish. So, yeah, it's, I think it's time to get into XBI and uh, companies in there. And I know I haven't done is XBI and IBB. So you can take a look at how they're changed. Uh, Sage Therapeutics was down almost 10%, while Alcadia was up almost 10%. Uh, there's Bluebird Bio, Sarepta. And uh, you can kind of take a look at those. But they were up, you know, top four companies in that was up over 5%, 6 8 and 9%. Now, if I go into the IBB, which is I have it a little bit larger, it's still the biosex sector. It's just a different uh, ETF. 
uh, Illumina was up the highest, which was up 2%. ARKG, that's an ETF for gene uh, genomics, for the genomes. I'm interested in that. I just have it in here, but it is an ETF. So part of the biosector is a probably a good one to hold. Since the biosector is kind of cyclical and everything, I would be more interested in just holding the ETFs, maybe doing both IBB and XIB, XBI, I mean. But they were up almost 2% trading at 89.18. They're kind of hovering at the $95 mark. So before they, they got it just dropped, everything just dropped over the week. So valuation is going to be important. I mean, this is the stock picking. This is kind of like I had the best week this week um, in a long time. I'm not going to say ever because... I actually didn't trade on on Wednesday and Thursday. I had I had to work, so I didn't trade Wednesday and Thursday, which is the reason why I had uh, everything closing on Wednesday, especially the shorts that I had going. So, but even like every day was good. Even like Friday, trading volatility was great and. And full disclosure, I have volatility puts, which is already performing because they, they're not having marked up on, on the platform. But since volatility was down um, 5% in the after hours, those things are going to be great. So, um, you know, the world's not falling. This coronavirus is a sickness like everything else. So we just got to get through it. But XLV is kind of making a structure, a bullish structure, made a bullish structure and then failed on that. So I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing here. And that's uh, XLV is the healthcare sector. And same thing with the biotech sector. It does have to do with politics. What um, the government allocates what companies and insurance and all that stuff. I'm just gonna look XLV. And aller allergen, sure enough, was the highest one that were up by half percent while Gilead was down five percent. And that tells you a lot. Johnson and Johnson is a great one. I'm actually I actually bought some Johnson and Johnson on, on Friday. Uh, and also Pfizer, PFE. So those are just, like I said, I've seen things were cheap. Gilead, I uh, had traded that, traded their earnings. Um, you know, that's just... Uh, and Abibi is in this as well. So Abibi was up a quarter percent, so... Whether Abibi bottomed or not, it could be a question, but this is more of a, you know, they do, uh, what do they do? It's not plastic surgery, uh, Botox, that's what it is. So Abibi, I'm not bullish on as much as I am in Johnson & Johnson. So Johnson & Johnson, would you want to hold Johnson & Johnson for 10 years? <clears throat> 
<coughs> yes, I would. Um, would you like to hold Pfizer for 10 years? I would, even though I'm not a fan. But hey, it's it's this is not trading. This isn't now we're talking about investing. And this is long-term investing, which is easy. It's it doesn't require that much work. You're not like you're not trading it. You're buying it and holding on to it. And then selling calls against it once you see it the price move too far up and the volatility's up. So that's that's easy, easy to do. And like I said, and um, you can check out my episodes. But I had clue, and I should just put that in description. I'm not even. I'm not actually not going to put that in description. When I said I trimmed down on my long terms, and then I felt like an idiot because the market keeps rising up, and then sure enough, here it is. It's like that. The charts has, is what tell it tells you what to do. I was out. Yeah, I was out of the market early in my long term dividend paying ETFs. I had like sold them out because I'm like I don't I think there's going to be a drop, but it wasn't. There was actually a ten percent increase since then, but it, it happened very slow. Uh, and during that ten percent increase in the market, XLU was the one that got kept on increasing just because I was trying to hedge against the market. But the market going up and XLU going up is not normal because XLU is more like a the utility sector is more of a of a safety thing, so that was, that was there was a, a divergence, let's say, in the, a trading strategy. But uh, XLV, you know, every I think we can buy anything, and it'll be valued more in the year. So this is, I'm sure. All the hedge funds and all the uh, hopefully 401k managers are actually going into and reevaluating these companies. This is probably the best weekend that you, the, you know for, that you could do for a long term for your kids if you have kids, or for yourself if you want to. What is that I sold. Anyways, let's just keep going. Uh, the next is XRT. The last time I sold XRT was December 16th, and I just never came back. I got to look at that position. Because, uh, for some reason, I sold XRT. Sold call verticals. December 27th and that was never came back so the retail sector this is another one that uh, we got to look into the companies oh yeah I did do earnings on TJ TJX TJ Maxx I'm holding those options until I think they expire this coming week or the 20th uh, I think it's the 20th I was hoping that they, they expire this week that just happened but I actually have them on the 20th, just a, a neutral iron condors. I created the iron condors, um, started with the puts, sold the puts, and then sold the, the call verticals to, to create it. But XRT, I mean, this, it's going to be easy to pick which companies out of here you, you want to keep. 
if you if you're going to be talking about doing it long term and which companies to short straight out so at the very bottom of the list we have caravan co of caravana co which was down six and a half percent while we have Inglis market was up seven percent Ways Markets was up five percent. GameStop was up three and a quarter percent. So that's interesting. GameStop, uh, you know, it just shows you how like corporations got in there. I do have Groupon, even though you know I got assigned on that. That's the reason why. Uh, but these other ones like Nordstrom, uh, Taylor Brand. Stamp was down almost three percent, almost two percent. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods was down three percent. Urban Outfitters was down three percent. Best Buy, they were down three and a half percent on Friday. So the so Best Buy, GameStop, because that's what I know, would be uh, the ones that I'd be interested in. And it's pretty, pretty even. They pay dividends. GameStop pays a higher dividend than uh, it doesn't tell you whether it's quarterly or yearly, but it does say that there's a dividend yield on there. Well, Best of thirteen. <clears throat> well, Best Buy has a two point three dividend. I'm gonna keep going just so I don't keep on making it long. But this is something that that uh, I wanted I wanted to get in. XLP is another ET is uh, the consumer staples ETF. This is one that's going to be holding up for a while. They had a bounce, but it wasn't hard enough. It was still down two percent on Friday. But this is something that if you don't have it already, you should probably do. Make a watch list with all these, all these. Uh, make a watch list of ETFs with the companies in it. So for the XLP, CAG was the only one that was one of the four that were up 1.2% while everything else was down. Clorox was down. The hardest was just 5.5%. Costco, so these are cheap. Smuckers, Pepsi, uh, Coca-Cola, Walmart. So, for the long term, it's it's a good time. XL, I'm just gonna keep on going. So, but you kind of get the get the point. Put the top ten uh, stocks in there, and actually goes into the second page of the mall holdings. So that way, you can kind of get an idea if you just missed any any growth companies that are not weighed that heavy on the ETF. One second. Next is XLY, and that's pretty much Amazon, Home Depot, and McDonald's. So even though this is uh, consumer discretionary, I see this ETF uh, holding up when the economy gets better, I should say, when, when all this is over with, you know, valuations. I mean, the cash is there. The cash isn't going to get burnt. You know, uh, interest rates are low, so cash is not going into 
anywhere else. It's going back into the market. So that's kind of like where I'm standing at. When everything gets better, the cash is going to go back into the market. So this could be offshore positions. I mean, this is a, I'm, I'm saying I'm kind of, kind of like excited just to pick this up and like go with my daughter because this is the and I told her yesterday, it's probably the best time to start building a, a long-term portfolio, put a hundred bucks a week or hundred or whatever, just to, just to keep on adding. And, uh, these companies here are, are just, are going to be sustainable. I mean, Home Depot, McDonald's, uh, Lowe's, um, TJX, I'm sure. Not sure, but I just have it neutral. Amazon, <clears throat> you know, uh, bookings, holdings, they were up 2%, while and Nike was up 1.1.25%. I mean, she likes shoes, so probably be adding those on, but small positions. While I'll be heavier in um, consumer uh, staples, it'd be maybe a third into consumer discretionaries. Next was the semiconductors, and they were up almost 2% on Friday. So technology is not going anywhere. Technology is just going to get more and more better, which is going to require more technology. And come on now. And uh, this is this is great. So S SMH, volatility is high, so... Uh, easy way to trade would be to sell volatility, selling uh, uh, put verticals, selling iron condors. Um, you could do calendars, but it just you just have to make sure that the front month has high volatility. And I've done it before when I was trading Russia, and it was it was really good. Uh, I had uh, way out of the money count uh, calls, and I would sell um, the front month calls against it, and those would just go down to like ten cents or something. I'd cover it, sell the next month, and I just keep. I kept on doing that until until the price reached my my calls. But those calls, I, I sold it. You know, I made three, four, four hundred percent on it, but I had made more just selling the call options against it. So that's another another strategy you could use. That's probably a good good way to do it, even in this environment, especially because things are gonna go up. Maybe and I'm already looking. I was actually looking into like the QQQ um, selling next year's calendars. So selling like uh, so buying the the calls that are thirty percent up from one. Well, I'm I'm still deciding twenty five to thirty percent up from the price it is now, because every year the market goes up ten to thirty percent. Now we used to say it was like twenty percent per year, but let's just say you get a calendar that that covers that said that that you're saying that the market's going to go up 20% by January 2021. You buy a calendar for there, but the months are probably like, you know, put five months in between. So if it doesn't reach, you actually can 
buy that month back, buy the front month back and keep rolling it back. So that way uh, you create an income that way. Next is IYR. They were down 3%. That's the, the housing sector, the real estate sector. Yeah, lost all gains. So bullish, I'm still bullish on it. You know, but if the economy is really going to take a hit, housing sector might be uh, pretty stagnant just for a little bit. But either way, volatility is high. I'm selling premium. I'm selling premium. Next is XLF. They're down, touching supports of uh, the 25. The financial sector was down two and three quarters of a percent. On Friday, volatility is crazy high. Yeah, I mean, whether a bounce is going to happen, I think things are just going to get re-evalued. Next is TLT. Uh, they were up two and two and a quarter percent on Friday. Uh, broke as soon as they broke that structure, it was off to the races. Regardless of what's happening, this is just straight up. Probably the robots doing this just because it's definitely doing it. I thought as far as like reaching a top, I think we're pretty close to a top on uh, the bonds. Been bearish the bonds for a long time. Still am. Uh, negative interest rates probably not going to be in the U.S. They broke prior highs. Now they're making a structure that I always short. So definitely, I'm looking. I'm seeing a bounce next week. Yeah, but these prices will probably be lower in like two or three weeks. It'll definitely be lower. Like uh, I'm talking about, like the Dow and the Nasdaq will definitely be lower in a two weeks than they are from today. Because we need to we need to see that uh, that retest. Unless uh, news comes out that says everything's fine and all we're gonna inject liquidity and um, you know we're gonna have to see a retest but maybe not this could be uh, just a V a V recovery going down next is GLD and the site so manipulated they were down three and a quarter three and a half percent on Friday but they are testing that long-term uh, line so Volatility is high, as, as always, so I want to trade GLD just because they should be up a lot higher than what they are. They should be up higher than the bonds are, that's for sure. And, and people are going into bonds rather than gold. That's probably because everybody knows that gold's manip manipulated. I, I don't, I don't, they don't even have the valuation rates on this, so uh, not going to get not going to focus on gold too much, but uh, GDX, they were down six and a half, almost seven percent on Friday. So, wow, you know, valuations right out the window. It's like nobody's interested in gold, so nobody's interested in uh, in hedging with uh, with the gold miners. I know a lot of people that probably lost or they just bailed out everything this one that one shot and see the this has been trading 
at this range for a while. I hit the bottom of a range, but as far as a bottom, I don't think so. But being down six and over almost seven percent on Friday, uh, that tells you a lot. Next is the spy. They're trading at two ninety six. So they broke the three hundred level, which was support at three oh two. And uh cyclically that's had been the bottom. But they went right through it. So oversold, most likely. So I mean there Close below three thousand, but even either way, the action on Friday was kind of showing a bottom. So it's still the two eighty five fifty mark. I mean, this is a, a level that I've been I've seen it, and they just kind of took off. I've been I've been I've been marking and watching this way too long, so I'm almost saying like the market just bottomed on Friday. I'm willing to I mean I I'm trading it that way. Okay, I am trading it that the market did bottom on Friday, and I had like my uh, my projections of this drop. We're just too early. I thought this drop was going to happen in the beginning of February, and it happened at the end of February. I had these projections at February 3rd. I said February 10th, it'd be trading between 3.15 and 3.02. And I'm, I was just a week, uh, two weeks early. But definitely, I can see a slow rise at this level of 285.50, I've been, I've had it so too long. So seeing that it bounced off of that, it could come back and retest it at, at a, you know, in, in about two weeks, two, 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 three weeks. But I'm definitely trading this as a consolidation between 310 and and uh, 286. Lots of opportunity. Next is QQQ, and they're actually up 0.08%, which means it's flat. I said technology is important, and it hit the trend line. And I don't know where that trend line is coming from, but it's from far away. Uh, that trend line that I have, that it bounced off, I don't even know where it's coming from. And I'm not going to go searching for it. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't even have this in years, but it's definitely back a couple of years. So this is a, I'm probably pretty, now I'm more confident that the, the market did bottom. Next is IWM. They were down 1.8% on Friday. Volatility is high. This is a just bounced off of free support at 145.83 and the V bottom support. You gotta look back. Uh, 
is from way back. It's even further than when I have my charts in. Um, but this this support of 145.83 has been has acted as support for a while back in uh, August 2019. We made a great uh, double bottom recovery, and on uh, in October, and then you know what happened from there. Everything was not all time highs for the IWN, but everything went up from there now we just got sold off so everything's cheap next is uvxy and looking at the structure it's like the the way it should be the end i mean it's it was green all week and it was the end of the week that when did i get at it on the 25th is when i started trading this this was uh maybe on Monday and on Monday it went long I had gone short once it popped up but then once I heard the CDC talking about the virus and everything I took like a fight I like luckily I think I didn't I would have taken a loss but I didn't I reversed my position to the long side of of, of, uh, of volatility because it was blatantly obvious that the CDC were trying to get people worried. They were trying to like freak people out with what they were saying. Nothing they said was uh, was was logical. Like nothing was said. Okay, we had this this problem going on. This is the way we were gonna approach it. They just like, hey, everything ready? We're gonna expect this to you know ruin your lives. You guys, you know, there's gonna be school closures, and I everybody thinks about kids. Like you know. Um, how many people sold out and lost money because of these people, you know? It's like that wasn't logical at all, what they did. And it wasn't logical, like the whole approach. It wasn't, I don't even think it was ethical, you know? And then they come out and, like, they're going to just take a couple of questions. And you're just going to come, come out and take a couple of questions. Seriously, like... Like, uh, you got Hollywood people and like when they ask questions, you know, they, you know, they get more time than the CDC gave to like the public. It's, you know, it's like, seriously, like you are like any, everybody that works for the government is a public servant. Like they serve the public. We pay them. They print money and put us in debt for them to, for them to serve us. And they came out, like, scaring the crap out of people. They scared the crap out of me. I said, whoa, what am I doing being short volatility when these people are, like, talking as soon as it, like, hit the, like, as soon as the news came out public? Like, I get, you know, I'm curious and I know where to find sources. And I don't believe anything unless I, I get the sources. And when those sources i make sure that they had a, a good mind state because if if they just like you know talking out their ass or they're actually uh talking a script like just reading a script i can tell and that's where i get my information from not from the mainstream media as soon as it came out in the media you know volatility was up 20 percent, 30 percent 
the next three days. So that's it's it's kind of suspect. Like I'm not I'm not downplaying the whole thing, but um, I think there was it, it should have been a better approach. Okay, just like uh, they freak people out when there's a snowstorm. And, you know, everybody goes to the supermarket. I, I I was expecting that. Like from what they were saying, it was. It was like a snowstorm when they come out and like, oh, so, you know, there's a snowstorm's coming. You know, it's like everybody gets freaked out. Um, so UVXY, I'm holding puts. And I don't think I'm going to be closing those puts until I see a reason to. I'm not going to be, you know, I was trailing my stops in uh, SQQQ because I knew there was a correction. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the same mistake here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride volatility on the way down. Next is FXI, and that's China, and it's been holding up for a while. It hitting support twice, so can you say things in China aren't great? I think if uh, you take China out of the, you know, take investors out of there, unfortunately, is what we got to say, and let them run themselves would be a lot better than to have outside influences. And I'm saying like companies from the U.S. going over there and like establishing companies just so we can get stuff cheap. Let's just, and it's not going to happen. Those are just like things that I, you know, I'd say it would run better that way. Let them take care of their own. I mean, volatility is so nice and high up here in uh, FXI. Which it's easy. The easiest trade for me to do right here would be like the consolidation between the 45 and the 40s. If they haven't dropped, like the U.S. freaked out, dropped. I mean, seriously, they have not dropped like the U.S. freak out dropped. So what's telling you? It's 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 the the big money shaking everybody out. Somebody else, I mean, somebody's got a comment, prove me wrong or something. I just feel bad for, like, the new traders, investors, of course. They got white. Right freaking out because now there's a virus out there and they just lost all their money. And, you know, Social Security, all that, people are retiring. They don't trade. They don't trade. They give their money to hedge fund managers, and this is what the hedge fund managers are doing. It's a, it's, it's a sham. It's a shame. Next is uh, INDA. That's India. And I'm still long India, even though I'm under now, because they were just down 3%. But I'd probably, like I said, add into this position, roll them out a little further. That's it. Next is RSX. That's Russia. These are all going to go hand in hand. So I probably, and they were down 4.5%. Definitely going to start looking into emerging markets. I feel like that's where the growth, I mean, the growth is the United States just because valuations are lower. But the growth is more in the over the, you know, China, Russia, and India. That's where the growth is. Their companies are going to be new coming out. They got... You know, once this thing gets sprayed out, I, I'd probably just buy the ETFs and just hold on to them. I'll just look at, look at this. Like, 
Next is uh, EFA, which is the Eurozone. They were down 0.6%. All those times that I shorted, I would have been right if I held it on to today. I've been shorting the Eurozone for a while, and now it's like, bam. Yeah, I was just, uh, let's see, I was just a month and a half too early. Next is EEM. EEM broke a long-term support that I had marked on, but they kind of went back into the middle channel. So yeah, EEM wouldn't be the one that I'd be going with. I'd probably just do the ETFs, but EEM is definitely looking interesting. It's happened ABC correction. If this is right, then you know the rest. I think this the rest of the year is just gonna be blow off tops. Is in my opinion, everyone's gonna be rushing to buy this stuff. Next is uh, EWW, and if they didn't break the lows from October being at Mexico, then something's going on here, you know? Valuation is getting thrown out the window. Everything's getting sold. So I'm I'm kind of like, you know, regardless everybody says, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more optimistic and I'm long. And we're going to end this with EWZ coming back to the rejected support in... Uh, In May 2019 was the lowest it's been for a while. Now we're back down to that level. Definitely broke the support that I thought was uh, the wave two at $42 because now it's trading at 48 30 I mean, 38 36 but they were up 1.5% on Friday. Now, why would Brazil be up 1.5% on Friday while the rest of the markets are down? I mean, things are going on here. And... I think things are way too cheap. I, I'd probably be looking at, I definitely got to go along with all this. You know, not long like selling put, like the 42 put verticals. I wouldn't do that. But I would definitely like just even just buy stock and sell calls again. Sell covered calls just because volatility is high. You could definitely buy the stock here and sell the $42 covered calls. I feel great about that. I probably, that's probably the strategy that I'd be doing because like the volatility is that high that it's worth it. So, you know, for anybody that still cash wants to get into the market now, I think it's the best time, you know, pick those companies. I think that's now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably a better, safer way to approach this is actually buying stock and selling calls against versus selling the call verticals because definitely don't want to buy any stock any uh, options here unless they're way long term but either way volatility is high so the long term is just you know we're going to expect a bigger and faster move which could happen but it's not it's not what i expect so that's not my the strategy, the strategy I probably do would, would be, you know, buying buying these dividend stocks and selling calls against it. I mean, that's actually probably the smartest thing to do. Anyways, 
good luck this week. I'll see you next week. Uh, this is actually an extra long just to cover this uh, this crazy market that we happened. I, I had the best week. I mean, this is one of the best weeks uh, I've seen in a long time. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, especially because I had a lot of cash. I was out of those... Uh, I was out of those long-term dividend-paying ETFs. Now I'm looking to build those, so that's probably a good thing to do. And don't get scared out there. You know, you want to be precaution. You want to, like, put your seatbelt on. Uh, make sure you can see all directions before you drive. Like, don't don't go out there. The waters are dangerous. There's a lot of people freaking out. So their sensibility and their, like, beliefs, everything goes out the window. So... You know, I don't want anybody to get get tied up in there. Uh, look at the charts. Do your homework. Look at the valuations. Look at the dividends, how much you're going to expect to earn, and just run from there. Again, this is Trade Doc. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Peace.